Hey everybody, welcome back to Arcade Cozy. Because uh, life is hectic, why should your hobbies be too? Uh, my name's Chris. My name is Corey. And we are coming at you with... This is episode 17, Corey, but more yes. importantly... The big one, seven. Yeah, this is Almost our, an adult. It is almost an adult. It can... Uh, in America, it can join the army. Do nothing. Almost. Uh, it can almost. vote almost. Um, can't drink almost. No. Um, can't rent a car almost. No. Um, can't buy cigarettes. So some of some of the almost. yeah yeah recently can't buy cigarettes almost. You can't do either. anything at seventeen. It's just a cool yeah. number more than anything. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's a it's a nice prime number. Um, you know, you're you're unique in that way. You know, that's yeah. that's something to brag about. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I think seventeen's a cool number. 17's not bad. It's cooler like than it. 18. It is. Yeah, I agree. Also, I mean, it's 17. I feel like it's easier than 18. Just Also, there's a great movie called The Edge of 17 that is just phenomenal. That is also a good movie. There's also mm-hmm. uh, a 17, 17 again. again. Yeah. The Masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> Zac Efron. Um, there's also 13 going on 30. How do you feel about 13? I'm almost 30. So how do you feel about 13? How was uh, that? Thir- 13's <laughs> a weird one. I feel like 13's one that you look forward to, and but look back on not fondly. And then it's bad. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I don't remember well, There's also the, the Disney Channel movie, The 13th Year, where the boy yeah. turns into a mermaid. Yeah, Phenomenal I do remember movie. that. Yeah. Phenomenal um, movie. Basically Aquaman, when you really it think about it. It is basically Aquaman, of. yeah. Do you remember Luck of the Irish? That popped up in my head too. That was also a, that <laughs> Do was I also remember a, Luck of the Irish? Do I remember <laughs> Luck of the Irish? <laughs> that was also a good one. Um, this is a great movie. That was a very good movie. Yeah. I just um, remember him doing the true false question, or is it a multi multiple choice question test where he just uh, guessed on all of them and got them all right? And I'm like, <laughs> I want to try this one day. It's the it's the Luck and of the Irish. Uh, I did it and end up getting like a 60 something on it. Look at um, you. So I did better than the average of yeah. what it would be. So the, are it was you like Irish? my senior year. Uh, I am Irish actually. Okay. There you go. Just my a little bit of Irish gets you a long way. My grandfather's from Ireland. So, okay. Yeah. Very nice. Well, um, everybody, this was our show today. Um, we, uh, had a that was great it. conversation about, uh, Disney channel, the DCOMs, um, as they're called on yeah. the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. no, we're, so today we are primarily, today's a, today's more of a special episode to, uh, ring yeah. in the Thanksgiving holiday here in America. You know, we're coming up right now, you know, this episode will probably post, um, on around sometime nearby to Thanksgiving. Um, and so we wanted to take a minute to just, uh, talk, talk about, talk about some of the games, game series, things that we're thankful for. Um, and just kind of, you know, celebrate in a small way. Um, take a little bit of a break before we move into what it will be a hectic holiday season. So much festivities to come, but I, yeah, I'm pumped to kind of talk about um, games, you know, that we're thankful for, game series, like you said, that we're thankful for, things I've played this year is going to come up, things I've played a decade ago is going to come up. It's just, it's just a good time to look back and reminisce on kind of what brought us here. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, Corey, do you want to, do you want to lead us off? Tell me, tell me about something you're thankful for. Tell me about a game and, uh, regale our audience with your stories. Um, I think I'm going to start out with one that I think um, you're going to appreciate a lot. Um, uh, a game series I'm thankful for is Mass Effect. Oh. Uh, the original Mass Effect trilo- trilogy. And we've never talked about it on this podcast, I don't think. But the reason we became friends was because um, I found out you played the Mass Effect. You were playing Mass Effect. <laughs> or you found out I did somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were volunteering at the time at our local church and we struck up a conversation about it. And I think we probably talked for like 30 minutes, maybe it 40 was, minutes. Something yeah. like that. It was funny because I think it's I I think it's come up a couple of times, but we've never really like dug into it to any sort of extent. Yeah. I mean yeah. It, it's funny because even at the time I'm not sure that you and I really knew each other all that no. well. It was just kind of like in passing, it came up and we talked about it for a while and then kind of went our separate ways until just kind of it, it, it kind of laid the kernel that would later end up kind of growing into a friendship. But it was this thing where it was like just kind of a, you know, a drive by conversation about Mass Effect and it was delightful. And I still to this day, uh, dream about it sometimes. Yeah, me too. I'm so glad yeah. to get that um, vindication that you do as well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I mean, what a phenomenal game trilogy that it is. Quite possibly, barring the final 10 minutes of the third, mm-hmm. might be the best game trilogy there has been, period. It yeah. um, brings delightful and wonderful characters to the forefront. It's a epic. It is an epic um, but a beautiful sci-fi space adventure um, where your choices really matter up until the final 10 minutes. And um, yeah, it's just a beautiful, wonderful game that evolves from a full RPG into an action shooter into a, just a straight shooter. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, nonetheless, a game, I, a game series I'm very, very uh, thankful for. Uh, I, want, I haven't gotten the N7, you know, the legendary edition release yet um, to play but that is on my list of things to do but yeah Yeah. it is i think i don't think with if i didn't play that in my brain i'm sure we still would be friends but had (laughs) i not played that i don't think we would be friends and you're one of my best friends and i look as at that as our um just fixed point kind of a thing yeah yeah. Well, and you never know. I mean, it is one of those things like, um, you know, people ask those questions like if this if this one thing was different, would things have stayed the same? I heard it the other day. Somebody was talking about um, if you were just like, you know, say your last name starts with an M. What if your last name had started with a J? How would your life be different? Would it be any different? Like, because in your mind, you're thinking, okay, well, no, but then it's like, well, what if that meant you were further up in line at school? And what if it meant you Hmm. sat by your crush and you ended up, 
dating her instead of who became your wife and you married this other person and you did like, it's funny because like small, very small things can change very large things, but also nothing may change at all. You never know. (laughs) True. I say all that to say, I, I like to believe that you and I would have found a way. Oh, I think so. Love finds a way. But I, um, I anchor that game trilogy yeah. on our friendship. Yeah. So it's, well, and it, it legitimately, it's not, it's, it's not one honestly that I like thought about immediately, but yeah, I mean like mass Effect, I played some of the legendary edition earlier this year. Um, and honestly it, it was a little bit eye opening because for the longest time, um, I, just you know foot feet in the sand said mass effect one was the best mass effect yeah you were like you had a very hard and fast stance on that and i i mean i love mass effect one i mean the large reasons being you know it was more rpg it was more like um saren was a very you know complex villain in a way villain Um, one of the best video game villains period right um and there and some of the like you know my thinking was like okay some of the streamlined stuff that was actually like some of the stuff that made mass effect good and i went back to the legendary edition and compare i mean legitimately compared to playing mass effect 2 Mass Effect One kind of feels like ass. Like it was not. It was not the most fun thing to. <laughs> the play. Mako is rough. The Mako, st- and I mean that's the funny thing is like they they updated it. They made it better, and it still <laughs> better was, still ass. Right. Um. But Mass Effect Two, like that was the thing. Playing Mass Effect Two. Mass Effect tight, Two tight. Is I more, mean, it is. It's, it's one a, of the best games there yeah, is. It is, and it. Like it was one of those things where I was going back through it. Like I was playing Mass Effect One and I was like, okay, I I have I am enjoying this from a nostalgic place where I'm feeling mm-hmm. a lot of things and I'm remembering a lot of things. I played that initially whenever I was in high school. So I'm feeling that. Um, but then Mass Effect Two, I was like, this is still a good game. This is yes. still a really good story. Hold this up. has still has really good combat. This still holds up as a game today um yeah mass effect is huge and i mean legitimately like even i mean yeah it's it's a it's a series that i'm very glad exists for a lot of hot hot take mass effect 3 is actually a great game but the ending is just so bad that it just absolutely ruins everything that came before it it's also very I think it is so, yeah, I mean, it, it, I remember it playing phenomenally, phenomenally and having yeah. some really good story points. Um, but I mean, also too, for me, like it, I think it falls a little bit into, I don't know if I'm, I really don't know like what people think about these types of stories, but like, you know, there was a period with like YA books around that time that Mass Effect 3 came out where you had your Hunger Games and your Maze Runner Mm -hmm. and your Divergence and like all these books. And the books were like in a lot of ways very compelling, but they would get to this point, you know, they would usually be a trilogy 
And the third book usually was like some, I mean, it was basically just chapters on chapters of, you know, them running through a destroyed city and like all these, like it, the, the like intrigue and the pacing that had been built up over the first couple of books was like out the window. It was just like action scene, action scene, action scene, action scene. And it was like no time to, in my mind, like digest anything. It was just, we're going to bombard you with all of this stuff happening. It's war. Mm -hmm. now. This is a war book. And mass effect three kind of felt like that where was this? I mean, that that's what the story was building up to was the reaper invasion, Mm -hmm. but it was just kind of like, you know, with Mass Effect to Mass Effect 2, it was like, oh, you could go to this place and they could be like, there could be raiders, there could be active yeah. like combat, like stuff's going down. Or you could go to this place and like everybody's gone. Like, what's, it? you know, it's like a mystery now. And Mass Effect 3 very much just felt like you go to this place because Reapers are invading yeah. and you're going yeah. to this place because something bad, like it's all just bad, 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 bad. And it's all action, 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 shooting. Mm. And like, and it felt, it to me feels very forgettable. Like I don't mm-hmm. remember a whole lot. I remember a few small points, but I don't remember a whole lot about Mass Effect 3 story. Um which is telling. I mean, at least toward me. Um, that like I remember it playing very well. Probably the best of the series, but yeah. Yep. It uh is I mean, at least story wise, like I don't really vibe with those like <laughs> that third yeah. act of those sorts of stories very well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It'll, it'll be a conversation for a later day, but, uh, <laughs> cause I'm sitting here like, I have a lot of thoughts and this yep. could just turn into go from a thankful, uh, a thankful where we thankful for a podcast to a, a mass effect po- podcast. And yeah, I need to, I need seconds. to replay my, yeah, I need to <laughs> replay when, when you've played the legendary edition, when I've because I played through one and two, um, didn't play through three. When I've played through three again and and have kind of renewed thoughts, we should circle back. We should have yeah. a, spe- a specific episode for that because I think we would have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot I of thoughts right now, and it's not even the Mass Effect podcast. Exactly, I'm sitting, mine's racing. <clears throat> but so, but yeah, I'm very thankful for that. What? Give me yeah. something that a uh, game or game series that you're thankful for, Chris. Um, so big one that's timely. We kind of, uh, spoke about it a little bit last week, but, uh, Pokemon, Pokemon mm, is a, yes. um, Pokemon is a big series that I'm very thankful exists. I think largely because it like defined a significant portion of my childhood. Like there are, I think because gaming is such a large hobby in my life, there are points where I can think about a game or a series and I can kind of be transported back to that time of my life. And Pokemon very much kind of echoes, you know, echoes in a lot of my friendships that I had when I was like elementary age, because that's what it was. Like when we were, when Pokemon red came out red and blue, I was in kindergarten, first grade. Um, When Ruby and Sapphire came out, I was in like fifth grade. So, I mean, there was a, you know, the first three generations took place during my elementary school age. Yeah. Um, everybody played Pokemon. Everybody collected Pokemon cards. Um, at the time, like, 
Pokemon Pinball came out and like, you know, there were Pokemon was on TV. Like I remember it, I remember it being this through line through a lot of my friendships where you, you legitimately connected with other kids because of that shared interest. And maybe, maybe there were different things. I mean, there were kids that didn't play the games, but collected Pokemon cards. And there were some that like had never even known there were Pokemon cards, but loved just like drawing the characters like just mm-hmm. loved pokemon as a concept um i mean even even like something um more recent in that regard my uh nephew whom i brought up last yes. week who yeah. may or may not be eight years old if you've listened to that episode um i couldn't may may quite not. remember um he somewhere around the yeah, I mean, go back a couple of years. He was super into Pokemon, like weirdly into Pokemon. Wanted the cards, wanted to watch the cartoon. And when my mom, his grandmother, asked, like, "Oh, do you want one of the like? How do you feel about the Pokemon games?" He's like, "They're Pokemon games. What? What is that? <laughs> who who made those? Like, had no concept of like." And that's the thing is like Pokemon has, you know, started very early, but has essentially been this thing that's like perforates so many or perf yes proliferates you you got plurfer pull pull I don't know Um, it 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 goes through so many different like types of media that like people can appreciate it from all different areas and it is this thing where um. You know, even now, uh, my, you know, my wife um, has a nephew and niece who, like, you know, when she and I first started dating, like, they were younger and they were, you know, shy and didn't, you know, kind of like building that relationship with stuff, but they were really into Pokemon. They were really Mm -hmm. into, you know, the fact that, like, I had that experience and could kind of connect with them in that way it allowed me to build that relationship. And so like, you know, Pokemon is a big one for me that regardless of, you know, I, I feel like I will always play Pokemon games, you know, Mm. to some degree. Yeah. Um, I like, I mean, especially over the last few entries, I've really dug into them, but you know, it's possible that maybe in the future I don't as much, but even still like, I will, I think, always be very, like, thankful for that place in my life because I think that it does, like, it has defined significant portions of my upbringing, and uh, I appreciate it for it, so. Beautiful. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. I'm on the third gym now for uh, Brilliant Diamond and loving it. Brings me back. Look at you. Like you said, just reliving what it was before. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. What else you got, Corey? What else do you you think uh, for? I got to, I guess, uh, bring in um, the game series um, that I think really brought me in to gaming as a kid, um, and that's the Jack and Daxter trilogy. Oh. Um, and so, you know, I got a PS2 when I was like five, six, somewhere around there. Got three games. I had Crash Bandicoot. Um, Wrath of Cortex, which is Crash 4, which technically wasn't isn't canon anymore. Um, okay. Uh, Sorry, Ratchet I was confused and, for a second. You're, you're What's, the, no what's the second one called? 
Uh, no, it's Cortex Strikes Back. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. That's what okay. it is. I was confused at first. Second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Um, Ratchet and Clank. Insane. Love the game. Love all the games. But the yep. one that really um, caught or like, grabbed my attention as it as a kid was a Jack and Dexter, the precursor legacy, a um, very similar to a Kana, um, what a Kana is now. Yep. Um, yep. But uh, just love the characters, you know, Jack, the silent protagonist, you kind of just like come up, I would come up with like the funny dialogue. He's saying back to Dexter in my head as a kid and it was very just vulgar and stupid, yep. but <laughs> uh, I had a great time um, with that. I've replayed that. I've replayed the first Jack and Dexter pr- like double digits, like growing up. Okay. Um, one hundred percent of it. You know, I guess whatever that means, we get all the um precursor cells, all hundred of them. You'd open up yep. the gate to get like the white gate, where then you know you move on to Jack Two, and it opens up with that. Uh, fun fact: um, Jack Two, I never beat until I got really? the um remasters on PS3. Because my okay. disc, there something was wrong with it, and like the one of the final missions, the marker on the map, I would go to it, and it was never there. Oh, like weird. to start it. There's it's always like that golden halo kind of a thing to like yeah. get to yeah. it. It was like you had to escort this payload out of the city, this payload out of the city from the racing track. Okay. Also, I, I did the racing like so much. Um, and Jack too, like the speed racing on those Uh bikes so much. Um, I can, did you ever play Jack X? Yeah. I played so much Jack X as well. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's just the racing. That's just, just, but this is on like the motorcycles, like the flying, like hover bikes. I knew all the shortcuts. (laughs) But so I never actually beat Jack too, because I thought it was just that save file. So I like did a whole another save, got all the way back there. Same thing okay. happened. So I was just like, oh, I guess I'll just never beat this game. And then Jack <laughs> three came about and I played so much Jack three. So yep. much. Yep. Um, but that whole series um, really brought me into gaming of this coming of age story of this like young silent protagonist who goes through some pretty like messed up stuff. Um, between one and two, you know, lots of torture, you know, experimenting on him. Um, but he grows into his own as kind of like this badass, like anti-hero um, over the games and to where he doesn't want to be like the hero who saves like the city because all he's ever experienced is just um, like messed up stuff since he's gotten there to embracing the hero's role and like just taking like owning it. And I love it all. It's so fun. It has weird twists and turns throughout, but um, that is a gaming series that has a special place in my heart and um, something that I want them to go back and like remaster or remake or um, whatever it is for modern consoles or make a sequel, make the long awaited true Jack four. There is a Jack four that is bad. Uh, we don't speak yeah. about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, without that, you know, I, I think I would have enjoyed gaming, but like you said, it might have just taken me down a different path. My life could have been a little different. I could have yeah. just been 
um, I've been focusing on other things, but um, that that is a trilogy slash um, Jackie X can be included in there of games that just mean a lot, mean a lot yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, and I love them for it. Yeah. Well, I want to, yeah. I want to piggyback on that a little bit because one of the ones um, that I had listed down was kind of for similar reasons and also in a similar vein, you mentioned it, uh, Ratchet and Clank, um, you know, mm. and primarily like, um, you know, the main reason that it kind of came to mind, like partially, partially what you were talking about, like big deal whenever I was younger really meant a lot, but like, you know, one of the things that I'm thankful for with Ratchet and Clank now is that the fact that I, that it exists feels like it gives hope. Okay, let me rephrase <laughs> The fact that it still exists in my mind allows me to hope that games like Jack and Daxter could come back again. Um, because, like, you know, there was this period in the early, mid-2000s where you had, like, these mascot games where it was like, um, and, and prior, I mean, with your Spyros and your Crash Bandicoots and your Sly Cooper and Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank and just all of these things. Um, and then most of them just disappeared. Yep. And even though Insomniacs worked on other things, Ratchet and Clank still shows up regularly. Mm-hmm. I yep. mean, I feel like the largest gap was the most recent one where you went from Ratchet and Clank 2016 to rift apart in 2021 and really what I would imagine is the only real reason for that was Spider-Man. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just, I mean the substantial load that that is, but even still like they could have, I mean, they had this whole deal with Marvel. They're working on Wolverine. They could just abandon Ratchet and Clank, but they've made it a point to be like, we still want to put this out there. We still think there's a market for it. And the fact that they still do that, that it still exists, you know, gives me hope that like a Jack and Daxter remake or a sequel or, you know, whatever could come back in some form. Now, does Naughty Dog make it? Doubt it. Um, no. Naughty Dog, Naughty Dog's become Good a point. different. Yeah. <laughs> Naughty Dog's become a different company since mm-hmm. then. Um, but. I mean, that's, that is the thing is in like, I think, I think it's a good thing for games to evolve and to move forward and change and grow. Um, but you know, would we have a game like Kena recently, um, Mm -hmm. without games like Ratchet and Clank kind of continuing along, you know, having like a Sony backed, um, or, or games like Astro's Playroom or Astro, you know, uh, Rescue Mission, like stuff like mm. that. Like, you know, games that are Nintendo-esque in their, um, like, I don't really know how to say it. Like, I guess like thinking, way of thinking, mantra, like the way that they're kind of, yeah. you know, trying to present themselves, but specifically with kind of like a Sony bend to them. Um would they exist if Ratchet and Clank still weren't kind of existing? Um, I don't know. Um, the, and that's the, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for it because I do still very much enjoy those games. I still am glad that um, those games exist. And, 
you know, I would I would be hopeful that there would be a new Jack and Daxter or a new Sly Cooper. I mean, we've seen Crash come back. We saw mm-hmm. a remaster of the Spyro games. I mean, yeah. um, not a remaster. I mean, remake, like, games that were, yeah. like, really uplifted and, like, it's possible. And, yeah. you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that we've kind of kept up with that because, I mean, who knows what we'd be seeing otherwise. No Ratchet and Clank. It could just be all World mm. War II. It could just be like, yeah, Insom- Insomniac could have like stopped making Spider-Man and made World War II Spider-Man. And yeah, Jack and Daxter or Naughty Dog could be making zombie World War II. And, you know, who knows? Who knows where we are? And just think about it. Give thanks. <laughs> Give I mean, thanks I do, to, but, to yeah. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, and I will. Yeah. No, I will. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I want to, with talking on Ratchet Clank just really quick, it's definitely up there for me because it's a game that me and my dad played a lot. Uh-huh. Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank, Up Your Arsenal, Ratchet and Clank, Going Commando. Those three, he would play those with me or like he would take yep. his cracks at them. And um, those three games. Um didn't have a ton to say, but as you were talking about that, I was like reminiscing, wait, wait, me and my dad played these games a lot. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. The, he came over, uh, I mean, he's been over since, but he came over during the summer when I was playing Rift Apart, and uh-huh. I had him play Rift Apart, because I remember he had played those original three with me, uh-huh. and he was blown away by <laughs> it. It, it. He was just like, what? on earth like with all the different guns the different like trigger yep. like half pull to the full pull everything he was yep. just like wow they they've really done it haven't they and i'm like yes <laughs> yes they have <laughs> they sure have <laughs> yeah i i had the i spoke about this i think on a previous episode but um yeah my my brother and i had the same sort of experience i think my brother would be in the same boat if he played rift yeah. apart he would just be You'd be like, what have we done? Have we? How did, how did we get here? How, how did we get here? What what hell hath we wrought? Have we gone yeah. too far? Like, what what have we done? Um, but you know, he he doesn't like video games anymore. Uh, so I don't think there's a chance. He he might. I'm just kidding. He 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 does. He just he's you know he's a he's a staunch old man and he's set in his ways and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to play uh, kid games anymore you, you listen him. you listen here versus <laughs> brother i will tell you a game that will make <clears throat> you sob but also make you love games and it's my next game that i'm very oh, happy for um, good segue. This, I like it. this is probably and i have sense but this was probably the first game that i think really made me like kind of tear up and just have a ton of feelings for and that is the last of us part one okay um i mean listeners who are listening to this have played video games i feel like a lot a lot of people have played the last of us um parts one and two probably Mm -hmm. um but part one just the journey of joel and ellie and that forming of the bond and seeing what is the initial crack of the falling of the bond mm-hmm. um, is a hopeful and tragic journey 
throughout um, where you can see the best and worst of humanity. And it is a game that I've played, I think, four times through, three times, three or four times through now. And every time it just gets me all in my feels, specifically the parts where you're working through the back half of summer Mm -hmm. um, with Sam and Henry. And that whole, like the whole section through um, the neighborhood, just seeing the kids be kids, seeing them kind of just talk and joke only for, you know, horror to strike at the end. Don't want to give like too like spoilers for people who haven't played. Um, But just throughout the whole game there, the highs are incredibly highs and the lows are just, you know, tragic cliffs. Um, It is a game that I'm thankful for because I feel one, you know, just experience it makes me feel hopeful for the good things that can happen in life. Even in like the darkest, like moments and darkest times, there's still love and there's still like that good person in there for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, But also in the narrative way that it has fundamentally also changed gaming going forward as well. It is the citizen cane, I guess, if that's what you would like to call it of games. And it has revolutionized storytelling in the, in this medium, I believe. Um, so it's been very cool to see like the wave of storytelling that, that has come about since then. Cause I think like, 2018's God of War doesn't happen without that game. I don't think uh, yeah. Marvel Spider-Man happens without that game. Um, and there's like many more you could go to list on, but it is such like a central figure piece in gaming as a whole, but also just in, I think, a shining spotlight of love and what humanity is. And yeah. how whether you agree with how it ends or not, um, seeing the willingness of what love can do. I don't know. It's a really dark ending. I don't know how I feel about saying that now. <laughs> um, I don't condone the thing of how it goes. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, it's a very yeah. gray area. That's the point of it. Yeah. 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 So. I mean, that's the, that's the whole game. You, you call it the citizen cane of gaming. I like to call it the white Christmas of gaming. Bing Crosby okay. singing yeah. on a stage and a, hotel with uh george clooney's aunt um yeah i like to i like to think of it that way whenever i reminisce um yeah i mean and you are you're right there um that was a that was a joke everybody just yeah just just so you're aware um i i do agree with what you're saying i mean and it's it's funny because you and i are kind of taking a similar trajectory here um, my, the last one that I kind of had put down was, um, the Uncharted games, um, which for, which Last of Us kind of like, for my reasons, Last of Us also kind of is coupled into the same thing. I mean, it's, you know, not a coincidence that they're from Naughty Dog, they're from the mm-hmm. same people. So, I mean, they're related in that way. Um, but the big thing for me, like when I was in college, I remember it being, I remember being in this place where I was, I was an English major, 
and I had kind of shifted into high academia. You know, I had mm-hmm. moved into, you know, we're reading high literature where mm-hmm. we are having like high thoughts and, and, yeah. you know, studying works that have transcended generations and been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, and it was a thing where for my thesis, whenever I was, you know, a senior in college, I wanted to talk about, I, I wanted to kind of bridge that and talk about, you know, literary stories and compare them to some of the like forward movement of video games. Um, and I used, you know, I used games like the last of us in comparison to, uh, Cormac McCarthy's the road. Um, I used, uh, what a movie I used. Yeah. I used journey. Um, I used, um, I, I used a number of games that felt at the time like they, they were kind of these pinnacles of, like breaking free of that constraint that like games were just an entertainment medium that they, you know, could now tell these meaningful stories on par with, you know, great literature. Um, but the uncharted games for me really kind of, um, even though, you know, probably I think most people would look at the last of us games as being like a higher watermark of, narrative storytelling like the uncharted games i remember for me being this thing where they were just like they were some of the first games to me that felt like they were just like the dialogue for instance yes you know looking Mm -hmm. looking at the dialogue um they there was something about them that felt legitimately authentic in a way that games hadn't and sometimes still don't i mean like you play plenty of games and it feels like people just reading a script or people like just kind of telling a story. And in some cases there isn't anything wrong with that. I mean, there, there are some people who believe that whenever you're writing that you shouldn't write it conversationally, you should have this higher form and it should be different. It should be like a stage play. It should be whatever. But the uncharted games and the last of us games later, like, they felt like not not even movies. They felt like real scenes that were happening that you yeah. were getting a glimpse in. Like these were actual people who you were seeing filmed out into the world. Like that was how good these actors were doing. This is mm-hmm. how good the scripts were. This is how good, you know, and and it was a thing for me being like a young writer where it was like I mean, I would watch uncharted cutscenes on repeat whenever I was writing stories because it was like I would have to write a story for a class or I would have to write like an interview or something. And I was trying to get like voice right. I was trying to get dialogue right. And it was like, how are they doing it? Like I was studying it because it was so, it felt very impactful. And it was a thing where like I think whenever, a lot of the reasons why I'm thankful, I think for um, Uncharted primarily, but I guess Naughty Dog during that period was this thing where, you know, as a as a young writer, as a young man who was, you know, entering adulthood and was yeah. kind of hitting that crossroad of um, our, like, 
are video games too childish? Are they like, I mean, I never wrestled with that from like my point of view, like I was going to do what I was going to do, but like, you know, even as a writer, like, could I continue taking influence from games? Like, could I, did I have to start reading, you know, James Joyce and Flannery O'Connor and, you know, all of these like Ernest Hemingway and like read these great writers. Like, is that where I was supposed to be putting in my effort to influence my stories? And games like Uncharted kind of showed me no. Like, you know, I mean, are the Uncharted games the most like original, unique stories in the world? No, but the, the dialogue, the structure, all of these things showed me that like there's, the medium has moved forward in such a way that it feels continues to feel very impactful. And it was very meaningful for me stepping out of college and moving into a like professional career where it was like, I can continue to find influence here. I can continue to see like, see the positives that games are bringing and help it influence me as a creative. Um, You know, and I don't, not that, you know, again, going back to the conversation, does it, would that have happened otherwise? Who knows? Maybe. But, you know, the Uncharted games still live very fondly in my mind for having, you know, still even today feeling very authentic, very just like well-produced, well-done. Um, and I love them for it. Well, well said. Very well said. Very, very, very longly said. No, um, I mean, we, I mean, we had like a twenty-minute discussion on Mass Effect earlier. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No. Um, did you have any? Did you have any more, Corey? I, you, uh, I have two more. I'll, I'll keep one of them more. brief. Yeah. Okay. One of them brief, because um, I've talked about it before. But Persona Five slash okay. Persona Five Royal. I've talked about okay. it before on this podcast. Um, insanely thankful for that hundred hour game um because i played it at a time where i needed it most um you know out of college joining the workforce i'm hating it my boss sucked Uh, my co-workers sucked um politically the world sucked and you know it it was just it was bad it was kind of you know just kind of bad all around and it was a game where you get to have just a ton of fun. Um, you are a group of phantom thieves going on, taking on the like corrupt and bad people of the world and um, making them confess their sins, their crimes, and yep. um, trying to make a difference and impact in the world. And I don't know. It was so much fun. There's so much love for that game. And um, it might just be my favorite game ever. But um, that's a it's a good one yeah so yeah persona 5 i i would play persona 5 royal um Mm -hmm. if you haven't played it it's far more streamlined far easier but i will die on this hill that the original ending is better than the royal true ending yeah topic Um, for another day yeah i mean it's yeah it they're they're different i mean legitimately like if you have if you have 200 plus hours just at your disposal play them both because they do in a way even though they are virtually the same they are story, very different like, yeah that that is the thing is like 
the added characters and the added third act do do change things and in positive ways. But I mean, I, I understand what you mean. Like there are, there are aspects of the original persona five that I prefer in mm-hmm. some ways. So yeah, well, yeah, we'll leave it there. Cause I can get deep. <laughs> uh, my other one um, played it this year. Um, played it uh, back in the spring. Uh, Celeste, a okay. great, game on overcoming yourself and yep. um some of your faults and um i played it before i got married earlier this year mm-hmm. and um not that i was you know doubtful um you know the marriage or anything like that but you know you you're going in I went in being like, okay, well, this is a new phase of life. This is what I'm yep. excited for. One, I think I am ready for, but am I ready for it? Do I have yep. what it takes to like be a good husband? Do I have what it takes to be, you know, a good partner, a good person, a good friend um, to this person? I can't, can I be everything that I've said I want to be to them? Can I live up to the expectations that I set? Can I live up to the expectations that they've set, that they, things that they've said that they wanted? Um, and, you know, I like to think I can, and I still, you know, think I can and am doing so. But there's just that, you know, that little voice in the back of your yeah, head yeah. that just, you know, you don't have whispers. to, you don't have to explain it to me. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm but, the guy that uh, had to go on anti anxiety medication when he found out he was going to be a father. So yeah. I, I'm right there. <laughs> So, I mean, so, um, you understand, I think a lot of people who have been in, you know, whether it's friendships, relationships, um, job dynamics, you, you, there's always that voice in the back of your head. That's just telling you like, you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're going to fail. You failed before you'll fail again. Just go ahead and accept it and let's move on. And the game Celeste is about, I want to state this. If people are sitting here like, wow, that sounds like a very cozy game. It is a, an extremely difficult game. Yeah. It does not pull any punches, but it <clears> is <throat> a very complex platformer yeah. um, that is extremely now, difficult. In, in that being said, um, one, of the, one of the things that Celeste, um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have like, or at least somewhat familiar with Celeste. But one of the things that Celeste like was just universally praised for though, was that it had immense amounts of accessibility where it was a thing where, um, if, if that was not your speed, like, yeah, at its, at its default, Celeste is a hardcore platformer, but it is a thing if, you know, if what you're, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this, you're really vibing with, um, what Corey's talking about, you know, and what Celeste sounds like, don't be turned off by that. That's my entire reason for chiming in is, is don't be turned off for, um, you know, that default because it does have a lot of accessibility to make it to where if you want to experience that story, you want to really see what Celeste is about. Um, you have that option. Yes. So. Yeah. Thank you. Um, good points. But um, <laughs> you may have no. been on your way there. I just wanted, no. to, wanted no. to interrupt and take credit for it. That's no, as you should. But <laughs> I mean, the game follows a young girl, Madeline, as she attempts to climb Mount 
Celeste. And throughout the climb, she wrestles with her inner self, um, her inner thoughts and emotions. And um, I don't want to, you know, give too much away, but, you know, finds her peace, essentially. Um, Play the story and kind of figure it out. But it is a game about overcoming those doubts and fears and making the climb, uh, not to quote the Miley Cyrus song, um, <laughs> but it is you know, overcoming that mountain that is yourself. Um, and it is a wonderful and beautiful game. And, yeah. um, you know, Great talking, too. Oh, the soundtrack is banging, beautiful soundtrack, insane soundtrack. Um, but we've talked about our like goatee discussion, whether or not we're going to include games that we've played this year or if it's 2021. Um, but if it falls into this year of games we played, it might be my game of the year, but, um, maybe that's a discussion for another day, um, (laughs) for our goatee discussion. That is in a few weeks. Privately, Corey, don't bring, don't bring the audience into your lunacy. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, Celeste, a, you, everyone I think should tackle it because it yeah. is a game that will resonate with you no matter what, because you'll, yeah, it's just there. And I'm very yeah. thankful for yeah. it because yeah. you, as you're climbing this mountain with Madeline, you're kind of climbing the mountain that's within yourself and I love it. Finished it. And I got married like three days later. Um, look at you. You climbed yeah. your own mountain. Yeah. So now look yeah. at you. Yeah, look at me going to visit her family for yeah. uh, Thanksgiving. So go go have a child and climb a new mountain. No, shut up. <laughs> Don't put that evil on me. <laughs> uh but that's yeah. is is that your yeah, is that and, your your list of most yes. thankful, Corey? Yes, is that your that is my list. You are you're you are most thankful for those things. Um yeah, it's you know there there are plenty of games that like I could probably I'm sure both of us if we could just oh yeah look if we just sifted through we would find plenty of things but like that's the thing is and that's the that is such a big part of gaming as a hobby is that since it does have such a wide breadth of like genres and styles and things like that is that people do have a range of those experiences and Mm -hmm. it is a thing where like plenty of people can be and should be thankful for a lot of different things, a lot of different experiences, whether it's, you know, this game built friendships or this game, you know, inspired you or this game helped you get through a difficult period. Um, And so, yeah, we wanted to take a minute to just kind of, uh, you know, talk about that to to talk about some thankful things and get you thinking about it. Um, you know, you listen to this and you're like, what games are my thankful? Well, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, you're welcome you that you got to that you got to think about that. Be thankful. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh this is a we will probably have a new show for everybody um in December. Yeah. Now it's uh you know, at this point we'll have this will be our Thanksgiving episode. We'll um push our next episode back a little bit. So we'll uh, we'll hit everybody right on in December. And you know what? You know what's coming up? It's the holidays. 
It's goatee discussion. Yeah. It's, it's Christmas. I mean, it's, <laughs> I was going to try and sing some Christmas, but I couldn't. I got like eight songs all yeah. stuck in my head at once, and then it just sounded Rocking like screaming. Around. <laughs> um, <laughs> White noise. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you guys can you guys can look forward to that. We are coming up on some some hot hot sweaty business in the next Ooh, yes. uh, in the next couple of weeks. But uh, Corey, in the meantime, uh, before we check out and you drive off with your family and tell them about how you are now soon to be parents. Um, what, Don't put this evil on where me. can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Instagram at hash slinging thrasher, not to be confused with the SpongeBob episode hash slinging slasher, but hash slinging thrasher. Are there oh, periods in there? Yeah, there are periods in between the hash and slinging and the slinging and thrasher. You know, I just like welcome. to remind people just because I, yeah, so, yes. I, don't, I don't know what Instagram does. It may block you off completely. Nah. It may take you to the other hash slinging thrasher. There isn't another. I am the only one. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Stay Thrashy or more importantly, you can find our Twitter page at Arcade underscore Cozy on the Twitters. Yep. Where can, you can also find us, folks find you? Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, you I cut can you off. My find bad. us. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at uh, Arcade Cozy. Uh, you can find myself also on Instagram at Four Point Pixel, and also on Twitter at a uh, Swiss Von Joe. Um, haven't done this in a while, but uh, also we're very thankful for our intro music by um, at Johnny Be Good. Johnny can be, be found good. at a uh, Johnny Be Good eighty nine on Instagram. Always puts out some really great videos, Bangers. some nice lo-fi beats, some analog synths. I love what he does, and we're very thankful for it's his music. straight because he, yeah, he he uh, creates a vibe on this podcast that we can't shake, and we love him for it. Um, but Corey, I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Back at you, buddy. Yeah. Back. I hope Magic. that I hope that our listeners have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yes. And um Yeah. Yeah. It's been great, dude. Anything anything else? Would you like to tell anybody anything, Corey? No, I mean just have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um tell the those around you that um you love them, um, that you're thankful for them, and that you're excited that you've gotten to see them. Um yeah. cause, uh you don't know what's going on in their lives. You don't know um what they've of what they have going on. So um, just, you know, remind them that you have a little bit of love for them and who knows what they'll do. Hopefully they'll make their day Absolutely. better. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, love you all a lot. Um, thanks for checking in and joining in with us this week and excited for the holidays with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody have a wonderful, safe, lovely holiday. Um, be careful on Black Friday because that is a bitch. And um, mm-hmm. we will see you again come December for holiday festivities. Ho. Ho, ho, ho. Everybody. See y'all Love later. you, Corey. And bye-bye. Love you, Chris. Bye-bye.